Do I get the banana? You do. Here is your banana, Paul. Thank you. Our podcast, The Voice of 5G. And as usual, here in the webcast studio at Ericsson headquarters, we have Paul Cowley. Hello, Janina. (laughs) I can see you're excited to be here today. I am. I'm always excited to do podcasts with you, Paul. Oh, great. Always. And what are we talking about today, Janina? An an exciting topic for you, Paul. It is 5G transport. Transport networks. Transport networks. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's, it's probably my second favourite. No, third favourite topic. Oh, which are the other ones? Uh, sailing and uh, running, at least at the moment. Wow. Wow. <coughs> you're, wow. You're a very active person. From time to time, when I get off the sofa. That's great. Okay, those those subjects won't make it into this podcast, unless you can find some, like, 5G. Some, some How do you sail on the 5G <laughs> <coughs> Okay, I'll have to work on that. We'll, we'll see what we can come back with on the, uh, the North connection ah yes combining business and pleasure that's why we're here yeah yeah so your third favorite topic my third favorite topic 5g transport 5G or transport, transport networks in yeah. general uh, paul this is an area that's super complicated for no me. it's not it's it's okay. super easy okay it's, uh, it's all it's like plumbing <laughs> it's like plumbing Please start from the beginning. Start with the beginning. First of all, we're talking about transport, moving things around. Yeah, when I think transport, I think lorries, I think cargo. Or you think trucks. Or trucks. Yeah, and you think cargo. Uh, But we're actually talking not about trucks carrying pig iron and uh, timber and and parcels for Christmas. We're talking about uh, packets of data information that's uh, that's that's whizzing around the order that you're placing on amazon for your for your goods for christmas the web page you're downloading to look at the uh, the connection you've got to your server for for a video game whether the video game service sending you information and you're sending back information mm-hmm. uh, that's the traffic that we're talking about that's what the, that's the payload that the lorries are carrying that the pa- packets are, are carrying yeah so transport as in data Transport as in data. Mm. Um, and transport and, and, uh, networks then. And, and, and uh, we often have this discussion internally when we talk about transport because we also do solutions that are aimed at trans- what we call transportation. Yes, uh, <coughs> and I'm sure which, we have 5G transportation somewhere or like yeah, 5G4 so, so transportation uh, industry. <laughs> so, for instance, we, uh, we work with Scania who, who, who make trucks. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, we, we, there, there you're talking about what we call transportation. Yes, they probably call transport. And even more confusing in the US, I think they call it communication. Just to when confuse. It, you know, when you're talking about road networks and and the yeah. railways and stuff, you talk about communication. And that that's another. And we mean something we, different. Yeah, that's another area that we really need to go into the transport. How five G can be used to, to manage fleet and, and tra- in transport sector. Yeah, that is something we should talk about in another episode, but it's not today. Now it's, it's today. transport no. networks. It's transport networks. And uh, I think if, you know, to, the, the concept is very easy. You know, I've got information in my phone. I make a phone call which creates traffic. And when I, when I speak, it converts it into data bits. 
that it sends over the over the radio interface to the network. Yes, and that's um, the the phone to the uh, tower. To the tower. Yeah. Yeah. To the mobile yeah. tower. To the base station. You to can, the, we can call it. Yeah, a mobile is, tower is always like oh, it's a tower. It's the uh, antennas on the top. Yeah. Or receivers, <coughs> and then. Yeah. So if you talk about if you talk about it, we talk about a base station, and mm -hmm. that means like the thing that your your mobile phone talks to. Okay. And and uh, then uh, you're talking about an antenna, which receives a signal from the phone or sends a signal to the phone. It's talking about a radio, which is the transmitter and receiver for the signal. Uh, then the tower is just a place to put it. And then you have a, uh, some processing, which converts what comes off the antenna back into the data signal, the, yeah. the, uh, the, the data packets that will be get sent to the internet. That's what goes into a base station, and there are, there are lots of different ways these days how you can put those pieces together. But that's the base station. Mm. Uh, and then from the base station, the traffic goes away into the internet or into the, into the rest of the world. Mm. Uh, and the first stage of that, from the, from the base station back into the network, we call that backhaul because it goes back into the network. Yeah, and backhaul is kind of interesting because every way, every way you have a base station or every way you have a, you know, a site out, uh, you need backhaul, mm -hmm. and then and there are base stations everywhere. So backhaul is one of the most uh, widely deployed parts of the transport network. Lots of backhaul connections. Now, inside that thing which we just called a base station, you've got the radios, and you've got this piece which is doing the processing. Mm -hmm. uh, traditionally, they were they were deployed quite close to each other but you don't have to have them close to each other mm -hmm. and you could have a you could have a situation where even where you've got a you've got the processing you've got some radios that are set up on the town nearby but maybe yes. there's another radio which is you know maybe the other side of the street or you know covering a different area which is which you want to connect to mm -hmm. that connection from the processing out to the radio that's what we call front hall Okay. <coughs> so yeah, that's have, that's fairly hall. easy to understand. We have back front hall, hall and we have front hall. Yeah. So front hall, basically from the radio, which can be up in the antenna. Yeah. To the processing processing station or hub or. Yeah. So, <laughs> so sometimes you call that uh, the baseband processor. Uh, these days we talk about uh, the RAN compute function. Okay, um, and that's and we can talk about that on another podcast, maybe about about what's happening with five G about about how you process information. Yeah, uh, in the access network. Definitely. So, the RAN compute station, hmm? and then it's backhaul after that, uh, leading the traffic to to uh, well, internet as you call it. In, into the internet. Hmm? Uh, I mean, if you want to go a little bit further. You've got you've got lots of base stations, and they each have a backhaul. That all needs to go into into the network. So you combine those signals together, and that's called aggregation. Where you take you take signals from different places and put them together. Yeah. So you take lots of small pipes and put them into a big pipe. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's called aggregation, and that's uh, that's using uh, routing functions these days. So you have an IP router, which is an aggregation router or maybe an edge router, which takes that stuff and, and, uh, and puts it into fat pipes, which you, which you can send more efficiently up into the network. Mm -hmm. And when you, <coughs> when you talk about IP routers and edge, I'm thinking core networks. Is that correct? Oh, core networks. I, we maybe we should be careful how we use the word core network, because okay. 
because uh, in, in transport terms, we talk about core network. A core network would maybe be a backbone network which connects major cities with uh, very high capacity fibre connections, for instance. That mm. You might call that your core network. That's what transport people talk about. Oh. <coughs> if you talk to mobile network people, yeah. the core network is the logical thing that the, that the base station talks to. That, that sets up all the calls. That's that's handling. You know, that, that, that's kind of controlling what's happen, what's happening. Uh, so everything to do with um, voice over LTE, for instance, which is functions for for handling voice calls in in the data world. Uh, that's all happening in your in your core network. Uh, so uh-huh. again, just like communication means it can can mean one thing. If you're talking about trucks and different things, if you're talking yeah. about telecoms, why keep core things network, simple? We, do, we don't have enough <laughs> words. We need some more words. Yeah. <coughs> okay, good. So, transport networks, front hall and back hall. Front hall and back hall. Then, then, so that so that's kind of the main pieces in the in the access. What you what you want to do, uh, and then there's a choice of how are they going to do it. Hmm? Different um, technology. Different technologies. Mm-hmm. Different technologies. And uh, the main choices when we come to 5G, is it going to be fibre, optical fibre, yeah. or is it going to be microwave? I think if you went oh. back to, uh, if you went back to uh, 4G, is probably those choices. But if you look at fixed broadband, and if you look at the way things have been done in the past, then maybe you would include uh, copper connections. Mm-hmm. But copper connections are quite hard to do high capacity over long distance. So we use optical fiber or we, or we use microwave. Yeah, and I guess they're good at uh, different things. They are, well, in a sense, they're good at the same thing, uh, which is um, transmitting information over, over long distances. And quite a lot of dif- information. Quite a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're quite different in character, mm-hmm. both in terms of the technology, but also you know, how they are to use, set up and run. Uh-huh. So if you so, a fiber physically has to connect between two places. Yeah. Um, so you know if I if I want to if I want to connect from uh, an equipment room in you know where I have my core network to where I have my base station, then I need a physical fiber that goes in between. Mm-hmm. And that means uh, maybe digging up the street, or maybe there's fiber already in the street, and I need to make connections to that and, and so on. And that and digging up the street means often getting permission from the city to dig up the street the, there's a cost associated with actually making that connection physically yeah you have to get the fiber into the ground fiber is very good you get lots and lots of capacity with fiber and uh, if you're digging it into the ground then maybe instead of if i only if i need five fibers i might make a cable with 100 fibers or 200 fibers mm-hmm. because most of the cost is in putting the fiber in the cable in the ground the, the right. extra cost for having fibre there is, is not so much. Yeah. So once I've done that, then I've got spare fibre and then I can use that. For, then then that's very easy. Yeah. But it takes time to do that. So if, yeah. I, so if I don't have them there already, maybe it's easier to go to something that doesn't use a cable. Mm-hmm. And that's what, where microwave comes in. Microwave, right. it's, a, it's a radio technology. Mm-hmm. That we talked <coughs> a little bit about in the, uh, our Spectrum episode. Yeah, we talked a bit. And it's... it's um, it's using some of the same frequency bands, which we will be using for, for 5G. Yeah. But uh, you know, a, a microwave link uses a very it uses an antenna which which uh, forms a tight beam. So it basically sends the energy. You you point the transmitter where the receiver is, and it sends the energy straight to the receiver. Yep. 
that I mean that's so the difference there if you look at a mobile mobile network mm-hmm. the transmitter doesn't necessarily know where the where the receiver is mm. you with your smartphone yeah. you move around be, um, so lots of places yeah so the so a mobile network needs to be able to follow the user as the user moves around yeah but base stations normally don't move around no so they just have to be set up so I carefully set set them up and then you um, have a link over the air there. and then you have a link over the air and yeah. there's some clever things you can do often you're looking to get line of sight so you from the you know from the top of a mast to to another place mm-hmm. directly but you can also use microwave in non line of sight applications and and that uses uh, the f- physical properties so you either Either the radio signal bends around the edge of buildings, or you can reflect it off buildings and, mm-hmm. and things, so that you can actually get a signal to to your receiver. Okay. And that cool. can be important. Maybe if I've got a small cell on a on a street pole somewhere, then I, I need to be able to reach the street pole to be able to take back the data from the street pole. And again, maybe I can get a fibre there, and then that, that's great. Mm. Uh, and if you look around the world. Different countries, they've used like different strategies. So in some of the Asian countries, like uh, like China, for instance, they have a lot of fiber because they took a decision that they want to have fiber. Yeah. Um, but in uh, you know in other parts of the world, uh, maybe there's a lot of fiber in dense urban areas, but but in, in the countryside, there's there's next to nothing. Yeah, and different countries, <coughs> of course, have a different. Uh, They're set up in different ways. Yeah, so like I know Australia. Have I mean, they have vast distances so that they have to cover. Yep. So do they use a lot of uh, microwave? Um, to be honest, I don't know a lot about how mm. they solve the problem in Australia, but it would make sense. But certainly in in places, uh, you know, with uh, with remote communities, we see microwave has been very important mm. as, a, as a technology for connecting up to communities that are long distance apart. We have a, sp- a specific class of microwave product which are designed for long haul applications. So and long haul is oh, just long distances. Is, over is long, long distances. distances. Mm? Yeah. So we talked about front haul and back haul. Yeah. Hauling. Oh. It's, it's yeah, it's hauling in, goods. In, right? in, that's right. In uh, in English, English at least, I don't know about American, we talk about haulage and hauliers when we mean companies that, that run lorries, ah, yeah. as opposed okay. to trucks. But yeah. So so backhaul and long haul is the same concept again, we're hauling traffic. Right, now it makes sense even to me. I think in the spring we announced... Yes, we in May we did, in uh, we did some long haul in the Philippines yeah connecting islands in northern Philippines yeah and that's a that's a classic example you know if you want to put a it's quite possible to to put fiber into sub undersea systems Mm -hmm. it's a relatively expensive thing to do Mm -hmm. and if anything goes wrong with the cable and you have to put it up it's, it's expensive to maintain if I can just set up a microwave dish on one side and a microwave dish on the other side, then... You can get the internet. You can get the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As simple as that. That's, that's, all, that's all you need. And I know in, um, we're going to talk about the uh, microwave outlook report. In, yes, the microwave, uh... in the microwave outlook report, it has some nice little graphs or little maps that uh-huh. show uh, the mesh of microwave links in Great Britain. Yeah, I saw and that. And you can I see that. Uh-huh. that there are microwave connections that go between Britain and France across the channel. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Not many people know that. Well, they, well they, a lot more people are going to know that now. <laughs> You're outing them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, why we set up this interview with uh, Anders Henriksson. 
Yeah, that's yeah. coming soon. Yeah, We're coming now. We have uh, our first telephone interview straight from Gothenburg. Uh, we have Anders Hendriksson, who's the strategy manager in uh, transport network products. Is that correct, Anders? Yes, that is correct. So, so in in Gothenburg, we have the you could say the head office of our transport products, or we call it the product line transport. And, and here we also have the R and D center for our transport products. Yeah, and and for those of you who are not in Sweden, uh, Sweden has a front side and a back side, right? <clears throat> and we disagree about which is which. Yes. Yeah. But so on... <laughs> Stockholm is on one side and Gothenburg is, ne- is on the other side. Yeah. Or if you prefer Göteborg. Göteborg. Yeah, that's the yes. Actually, actually, Göteborg or Gothenburg is the only city in Sweden which has an English name. Oh. Ah. If you did, hadn't thought about that. Yes, yes, you're right. Like Copenhagen has an English yes. name. Yeah, Gothenburg has an English yeah. name. So... With that, the discussion, I think, of the right and wrong side is, is pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> Good point there, Anders. Yes. Uh, lovely to have you here in the mm. uh, Voice of 5G podcast. Yeah. Uh, and today uh, you are launching your new report or new update of your report, the Microwave Outlook. What is that? Ericsson Microwave Outlook or or as it started, it started uh, some five years ago. We started it, it like uh, Microwave Outlook towards 2020, and and we renamed it. and And it's actually you could see it as a little brother of of our Ericsson Mobility Report, uh, which I believe you talked about last time. And it's it's very much a way for us to utilize our global knowledge around the microwave market, where it's heading in order to, to help, I would say, the, the industry with facts and figures in, in, uh, to, to show where, where this market is heading mm-hmm. and what the requirements are. So it's very much an industry report, not for normal people to read. I, I would say if, if you would I say the, the, the focus and the target audience is, is very much actually people can maybe work in the telecom industry. It's people working with mobile operators. If we look in Sweden, these, these mobile operators would be like Helia, they would, would be Telenor. On a global basis, it could be Vodafone. So that is one target. Another target is, of course, there are government and authorities, uh, which also needs, uh, which we also address with this this publication. But, but of course, I mean, you, you can read it also as, as a, would say a, a non-telecom person as well. Yeah, and when when we talk about government and regulators, then of course uh, you're you're talking there about the people that make decisions about spectrum. And uh, spectrum was the topic of uh, our third episode, yeah. as I remember. Last last week's last oh, last. Sorry. Yeah. It was, uh, and there we talked a lot about uh, the things that you also talk about in the uh, in the report. Uh, like E band and and, oh, and the different frequency bands. Yes, mm. and the different yeah. frequency bands. Yeah. But working yes. with microwaves, do you get a lot of questions on? Uh, oh, will you microwave some food on that antenna, or, or do you or, get those kinds of questions? Or, or can you come around and fix my microwave? Yeah. The the, the last part, uh, <coughs> I, I'm uh, I've not gotten uh, fixing somebody else's microwave. But I think if you look, I mean, what is really interesting is that the 
if you look at you when you when you measure the output power of this um, of a radio link, uh, you measured it in dBm, and and the, the round I would say the typical output power is 30 dBm, which corresponds to one watt. So, if you look at the normal light bulb, it's like uh, 40 watts. So it's one two and a half percent of a light bulb. Okay. Uh, and, and, and that's, the, and that's uh, at the transmitter. Yes. So that's so and that's the, is that the most powerful part? That's the most powerful part. Yeah. Wow. So it, it's actually one watt, but but the thing is, you concentrate that watt in a, a very narrow beam. So, so that narrow beam could be one or a couple of degrees. While in if you look in a, a normal light bulb, you distribute that 360 degrees or all around in the in the um, in, in in a room, for example. Yeah. So, but it's extremely low energy. Yeah. And that's so, why you don't have really people good. falling down dead, even though they work with uh, microwave antennas. That will not happen. <laughs> that's, that's good to hear. <laughs> uh, when it comes to microwave outlook, uh, what's what's new in this new? It comes out once every year. What has changed lately? What's the news? If we look in general, uh, if we look at the report as such, I mean there are. I would say there are three three sections which which are fixed, which which we have year on year, and then there are some articles where which we change uh, the the content or the topics uh, every year. And mm -hmm. the the three the three main topics are what capacity uh, is required in in the backhaul networks going forward, and, and that is, typically uh, when, when you when the approach of five G is coming. Yes, and and in the last couple of years, now it's becoming more and more part of the, the reality of the microwave networks and the capacity evolution for 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 many of, of the, these networks. Mm -hmm. uh, so so capacity is one one important part, and and yeah. I think if we look slightly on on what we have been talking about. Um, earlier years, what we see is actually that 5G is having slightly more impact on the network. So we will see sites with even more capacity than we maybe anticipated a couple of years ago. So 5G is really happening in terms of, of backhaul. We see, and then there will be massive amount of frequency bands and spectrum to to support this this growth in in radio. So I think that is one part. Another part, which is there every year also, is uh, is um, spectrum, and the spectrum is is what actually makes uh, it possible to transport data over the, the the these microwave networks. And frequency ranges we we look are from six gigahertz up to one hundred and even above uh, gigahertz. Yeah. Uh, in in the lower bands, the 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 available bandwidth is very small, mm -hmm. while in the higher bands, it's much much more bits you you can transport in in the in the higher bands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, but you are also using a spectrum uh, that uh, will currently be uh, or in the future will be used by five G, right? Yes, for microwave. So, so, yes. So and I think and and I mean this. Has has 
history. I mean, if we look at radio networks, they they started off around the 900 megahertz with uh, GSM. Even earlier, you had NMT 450 in the in the uh, early 90s, um, growing into 1800 megahertz and and 2400 or 2.4 gigahertz bands, and to grow even further and be able, I mean, for us as as users to, to, to have even higher data rates to our mobile phones. The, also, the radio systems need to go into higher bands. So if we look, for example, in Asia, uh, also in Europe, uh, the major focus is on what we call is the mid-bands, yeah. which is actually the frequency below 6 gigahertz. And then the, there is also... Um, work ongoing to look at the, the millimeter wave bands, which are starting from uh, 24, 26 gigahertz bands. Mm -hmm. And uh, there, at least initially, it's mainly the focus in North America or US to, mm -hmm. to start to deploy in those frequency bands. And the 26 and 28 will also will come, but maybe more in a second wave in, for example, Europe and the, the other parts of the world. So the, the, in, eventually everybody's expecting to use all available spectrum, but we will go there in, in different ways and at, at different times. I, I'm, I've got a copy of the report in front of me. I'm cheating here. Uh, mm -hmm. the, there's an article in the report that talks about something called integrated access and backhaul. Yeah. Can you tell us what that's all about? If we look at... at uh, microwave backhaul. I mean, that is what you actually use when you build microwave backhaul is, is that you, you, you build a, a connection between two points in, in a network and you use separate equipment for that, which is optimized for, for backhaul uh, purpose. Uh, you also use your own antenna, so you're directing your energy between these, these two points. I mean, that is the way we have been building these backhaul networks for quite some time. And typically, if you, if you look up on in on a tower or on rooftops, you, you quite often see one antenna or some something which is round and another uh, antenna or equipment up there which is rectangular. And the rectangular equipment is, is part of the radio base station, while the the, while the round round equipment is is uh, belonging to the the microwave equipment, that's, so that's, that's the thing. really cool. <clears throat> we we mentioned in one of our podcasts that uh, yeah, remember that what you see in an antenna that it's round like a plate that is mm. microwave. <laughs> yeah. It's easy to it remember, <laughs> and yes. don't put it in the dishwasher. In the dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. No, and and actually, just uh, a couple of years ago, I was driving around with a friend and and. I told him what I was working with, and his his reaction. Ah, I thought that that was a lamp. So <laughs> don't mistake it for being a lamp. Well, it's kind so, of a lamp. I mean, uh, yeah, or, but, or, uh, light is uh, electromagnetic radiation as well. So, but I think coming back to Paul's question, I think about the, the integrated access backhaul or, or the IAB, and I think historically we have been using a lot of microwave for, for building these backhaul networks. If we look at what, what has been valued the most by operators is actually the frequency band or spectrum that operators have for 
their radio network because that is actually what generates capacity to our mobile phones. So historically, they have not been keen on using that frequency bands for backhaul purpose. Mm -hmm. So then microwave has been the alternative together, of course, with with copper cables in the ground or fiber. But now as we are moving up, in, in for example, in the millimeter wave bands, there is a huge chunk of spectrum. So given that there is such a lot of frequency to use, it is possible to use part of the spectrum for for backhaul purpose as well. So in, in if going forward, for some base stations, which, which operate then on the millimeter wave, so 26 or 28 gigahertz bands, they will have the ability to work as as backhaul for backhaul purposes as well. So, so that means so that means if uh, if I put up a 5G base station that works in those bands, I don't need to add a separate microwave link. I can use the mobile system to connect back into the network. Yes, but I think it's it's I mean it's really a good complement to our traditional microwave backhaul and and. I think one part, I mean, we have been discussing in the industry for quite some years is around small cells and deploying street-level small cells. And now when you actually are deploying millimeter wave uh, 5G radios, the coverage distance will be quite limited as as you're going up in frequency bands. So the the deployment type will be more type of street-level deployments. And then you have, by having inbuilt back, uh, I would say for small cells, you, you come around the, the potential problem with, with providing backhaul to that site. So we, we will see both the types of, of backhaul going forward, definitely both the traditional microwave, which we have a lot of, of today, and then we will see a gradual increased amount of, of integrated access backhaul as well. I, I can remember going around, uh, going around the factory, the, the factory in Barors. Uh, and there they had uh, examples of equipment that had been sent back from the from the field, mm-hmm. including including microwave boxes where people had shot holes in them with with rifles. Yes, and, <laughs> and still operating. The and they make very good target yeah, practice. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> They're round. Please don't try this at home. No, please. Uh, we we, uh, we we have in the factory. And I think there was one equipment which was dropped. I think from a. Uh, uh, on, on a tower like 50 meters down to the ground and and when they tested it it still worked sturdy stuff yes reliable and sturdy that's really good tell, yeah. us, tell us about machine intelligence artificial intelligence what's where does that come into the story what, what we have been doing is trying to to look at the behavior of a radio link and trying to identify certain different type of behavior and one could be, if, if I look, for example, if in my hometown, Gothenburg, there's a lot of building going on and there are building cranes being put up. Yeah. Uh, and they can actually disturb the signal. So, uh, and it's not always, if, if, you, if you work in an operations center and you have maybe have 10,000 links, you, you, you maybe get an alarm from a link which is not working. Uh, but then what... what but the, the possibility with artificial intelligence is that the system itself, depending on how this behavior uh, occurs, notifies the, the, the person actually working with, with uh, 
supervising the network that this is a typical building crane. Um, so actually, the, the network learns itself what for different type of behavior in the network. And that is one example of, of how we could use um, artificial or machine intelligence to, to simplify the network operations because, I mean, that will... In the end, it's about reducing costs because if you don't know the failure, you need to send somebody to go out to the site to look. Yeah, to see uh, that uh, big crane there in the middle. Yeah. 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 And, and, so, but it's also, of course, about making sure that you give good service to the customers. Okay? Because we all and, want our mobile phones to work. Exactly. And, yes. and just to say, in the, in the report, there's actually a section that talks about uh, artific artificial intelligence, and it uses just that example of a building crane uh, but this, but uh, actually one in Stockholm, on the other side of Sweden, uh, to talk about um, how, uh, how the system can learn to adapt to things happening in the world around it. Mm. If, if people get excited and uh, want to know more about this uh, microwave outlook, you mm -hmm. have a webinar coming up, right, that they can uh, yes. sign up to. Just if I remember right, I think the webinar is on the 14th of uh, December. And it's possible to go to ericsson.com and to there sign up to, to the uh, webinar. It's free for anyone to sign up. And of course, and you, uh, to go there and download the report. Of course, yes. Yep. And, and uh, you can even uh, maybe download it in advance so that you uh, have read through the re report. Before the webinar. Uh, and then for the webinar and then ask whatever questions you, you can come up with at the webinar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but really good, Anders. I think we have to round up a little yeah. bit now. Um, ah, yeah. No, I think, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, we are, in terms of technology, microwave is really evolving with the needs to support whatever we want to do of our mobile phones. Uh, and, and from a 5G perspective, microwave is, I mean, and, and I think for our operators to deploy things today, they need to, even if 5G is maybe five years away or three years away or one year away, it really needs to be secure that it supports the future 5G requirements. Yeah. And that, I mean, is, is very much what, our main focus is when, when developing and, and, and doing these products. Yeah, well, thank you, Anders. That was mm -hmm. uh, really interesting to hear about the new Ericsson Microwave Outlook. Uh, thank you for joining. Yeah. Thank uh, you very much. Thank you, Anders. And thank yeah. you for listening to this podcast today. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.